If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, episode 585. That is indeed a palindrome. You knew I was going to say that if you've been listening long enough. Uh, it's March 8th, 2023. There is so much to talk to. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined as always to my left, Miranda Sanchez. How are you? Hello, I'm doing well. How are you? I am very well. Uh, if you hear any chomping coming through the mic <laughs> during the course of the show, there is an occupied puppy right here. It's Zelina, the future service dog. We're on the wide <gasps> shot. You can see her just hanging out down there. So she is uh, making her first visit to IGN. I am grateful to IGN for having a dog-friendly office. Uh, so, although technically, as a as a service dog in training, she's she can go kind of can go anywhere. I mean, yeah. it's up to the discretion of the business owner, and which would be IGN in this case. But yes, happy to have her with us. And uh, piping in remotely this week, Stella Chung, how are you? I'm good. I'm sad that you bring her in the day <laughs> I'm not in office, and unfortunately, it was because of. Uh, scheduling issues with the studio so yeah <laughs> she will be back uh, i will make sure that you're here the next time that she makes an appearance but uh, so good to have you destin legary <laughs> remains on paternity leave we hope he is enjoying his family time with his, the newest addition to the legary clan uh he's missing a big one today we've got uh a, the story we've been waiting for we're just gonna start there now the thing we headlined with we'll get to that that's gonna be a fun segment uh but <laughs> For once, Miranda, the big news broke before we recorded. You, normally, this would happen like the next morning or like the afternoon at like two hours after we've taped the show. Pretty, pretty important news. too. But yeah, uh, we, we got the, the news we've been waiting a while for here, which is a release date for Starfield. Uh, the delay, it is te it's technically it's delayed, even though it didn't have uh, a date. They did say... It would be out by first half the first, you know, by the June of 2023. You know, every, everything from the showcase last year was supposed to be out by uh, the end of June of 2023, which is coming right up just three months out. And Starfield will not be one of those games, uh, which makes this a second official delay. So the release date, September 6th. 2023 for PC, Series X, Series S, and that Starfield Direct that we were promised uh, before the last developer direct where we got, of course, Hi-Fi Rush as the shadow drop, June 11th, right after the Xbox Games Showcase. So that is when we can expect to learn a bunch more about Starfield. Director Todd Howard saying, quote, we have poured ourselves into this game and, not, and even I'm surprised how much we can pour. It is large. We're playing the game all the time. The Starfield Direct in June will provide a deep dive into the game. As Howard continued, quote, there's so much that we still have to show you. The game has many of the hallmarks that you'd expect from us, but it's also a very unique experience. Stella, let me go to you first. Your thoughts on A, uh, Starfield moving 
again out of out of June this time or, you know, the June window and into September specifically. Well, I'm personally very offended because I was adamant that they were not going to change the release date. I said in a previous episode, I was like, yeah, they said there was no more, no more delays, nothing like that. They've got it on their side. It's going to be fine. You made a fool out of me. So I'm upset, but <laughs> I'm honestly okay with it being delayed just because I'm like, I, this year has been so busy for no reason. So I'm like, okay, if we decide to taper off and like, you know, make sure that there are no major releases that also happen in that same time frame because we didn't really have a set date on when it was going to happen. It kind of gives us a little more time to actually plan and we have an actual date now. So yeah, it's, it's fine. Other than me being personally offended. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Miranda, you had the wikis and guides team at IGN and, uh, this will no longer Starfield world as a Let's be honest, a minimum 40-hour role-playing game, probably, but realistically, especially for guide and, and game help purposes, more like a hundred-something hour <laughs> role-playing game. You, you now no longer have this alongside the gauntlet of, of Zelda, of Suicide Squad, of Street Fighter VI, of Final Fantasy XVI, of Diablo IV. Did I leave any out? That's about <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, so... Those games are all are all clustered together within a 30 day stretch. Um, so professionally, you must be relieved. I don't no. know how you know. No, I'm not relieved because <laughs> I want the, wanted the pain. No, because <laughs> listen, I just love a challenge. OK, <laughs> and so I think we had we always really try to plan our strategy around like releases and like what's most important and how to like optimize um, workflows and all that good stuff. And so I had a plan in place and I'm like, dang it, dang it. But it's still okay. It's still, there's like still stuff we can roll into. That just means it'll be easier for us to tackle it later. And that's, that's fine. But I'm, I'm a little bummed, which I think is unexpected for a lot of people. Cause I'm sure a lot of people have just like the biggest sigh of relief where I'm like, well, I'll, I'll tell you <laughs> our, to our college and high school student listeners yeah they're probably pretty darn bummed right now because instead of having the entire summer right. to just soak yourself in starfield to just marinate in it it's suddenly oh school's back guess what starfield's out right at the beginning of the semester oh that's uh, if i were still in college that would that would that would hurt yeah so i i do sympathize with our our uh still in school audience out there but for me i'm i, I in all seriousness uh, i am good with this because I, I really am happy that it's out of that that june gauntlet because it I, starfield is going to be a big game there's no question whatsoever about that but from a you know this game is so important to microsoft and bethesda i mean this is is this is the first triple a like ultra headliner mega game since microsoft acquired bethesda mm -hmm. i don't mean any disrespect to hi-fi rush um or even you know i mean death loop and ghostwire tokyo debuted on ps5 because of some previous contracts but this i mean this game this is the first like big salvo mm -hmm. from beth from bethesda since microsoft acquired them uh and so there's just there's a lot. It's also Todd Howard's first game, uh, first game in the director's chair since Fallout 4 in 2015. So it's been a long time. Like there's just there's kind of a lot of sort of pent up anticipation and expectation with this. And so not that it wouldn't have done well and not that it's not going to be a good game. It's just that 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 gauntlet that we were just talking about, it's not just that those are all big games, but those are all mega franchises that have been established and known and beloved by gamers all of all four of those for 25 plus years if you look at all of them zelda weird yeah uh street fighter diablo and final fantasy those are all maybe maybe even 30 years like i'd have to go back and actually check the mat the dates on all of it like diablo might be the youngest of those mm -hmm. that was 96 because okay. I, I just remember because I'm old. What? But oh my God. yeah, Diablo 1 came out in December of yeah. 1996. Uh, or maybe it was 30. January. Yeah, 
It's <laughs> it was December. I thank you. Okay. Yeah. Good good brain still works, thank goodness. Um but anyway, I I mean uh, any any new IP from anyone, even if it's whether it's Todd Howard, Hideo Kojima, like Ken Levine, you you name it, like any new IP to the mass audience where you're looking to sell millions upon, you know, tens of millions of copies of a game, it's going to have a hard time up against all of those established mega franchises. So this way, Starfield gets away from those. Uh, it is the first big game of the fall to plant, to actually plant its flag in the ground and say, we are here September 6th. This is our date. You know, we the only games we know of, I mean, officially is Spider-Man 2, of course, Sony exclusive. That's the fall. Yeah. I mean, that could come out in September near near Starfield. We don't know yet. I don't. I don't think that will be the case. I think you know, because technically September sixth is still the summer, but um, that's that's kind of picking nits. But um, you know, Call of Duty twenty twenty three, which we talked about on last week's podcast, you can you can take it to the bank that that game's going to be either late October or early November. So Starfield is is saying, hey, we're 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 claiming September here, and this really kind of makes them the first big game of the fall yep right kicking off the busy season yeah so uh i think this is a good spot for starfield and it's uh it you know it gives people a chance to like it, people are, are they're gonna have so much money that they can spend for that the holiday season now hopefully Hopefully most, we all have so much money. Well, and hopefully yeah, I, most, know, yeah. I was going to say, hopefully you're right. But hopefully most people listening to this have Game Pass and they'll just play Starfield through Game yeah. Pass. But there, there are going to be people that don't. And they're going to they're gonna make a choice. Like, all right, what games am I buying this fall? Oh, Starfield's first. And oh, I really love Elder Scrolls and Fallout. So yeah, I'm going to buy that. Uh, and maybe they don't end up buying something else that comes out later in the fall. Um. Now the the next topic I want to cover on on this subject mm. is is expectations uh, because I tweeted about this earlier today and and I got some some uh different opinions on this. So for me and, and Miranda I'll go to you next uh for me my expectation after two delays including now this the second one is 10 month delay from what we'd previously been told coupled with all the stuff that I just talked about, about there being kind of so much riding on this mm -hmm. for Todd Howard, for Microsoft, for Bethesda. I, I, I think the, the tolerance for the kind of lovable Bethesda jank that tends to, I won't say plague, but tends to be a part of their games at launch. I think the tolerance for that is going to be real low on this. It is for me. I'm saying, I'm putting it out right now. Like, I, I am expecting a polished game if you've taken an additional 10 months. So that's that's where I'm sitting with it. I agree. No death claws flying through the air. I mean, obviously, there's not death claws in this one. Are there? <laughs> I would love for there to be. But um, I think exactly that. Like, at this point, we expect that the, there will be more polish to this. Things will be refined. Um, I expect, you know, a AAA game that's ready to go and isn't going to be ridden with pests or, like, game breaking bugs or something um and that's always the hope right like we always hope our, our games launch working because it's there's nothing worse than coming across a bunch of things that just like force quit your game and then it didn't save at the very least make sure it saves please that's all i ask um but yes exactly that i think it, it does need to show up in that way um and i think that should be their goal every single time and hopefully they get the time to do that but and exactly but yeah they've I mean had They've had plenty of it on this one. I mean, what, Stella, where are you at with it? I mean, is do you mm -hmm. kind of lovingly embrace the 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 somewhat jankiness that tends to accompany major Bethesda RPG launches? Is are you good with that here, or or you know, are you kind of like this has got to be cleaner out of the gate after all this time? I, I'm definitely on your side with this. Like, I'm trying to think of, so Fallout 4, I absolutely loved that game, and I really loved the bugs. I remember at one point, I picked up, like, a barrel, and it threw me through the air, and I, like, went into another POI, and I was like, oh, a new, dis new location just got, yeah, I meant to do that, you know? Um, so th in that case, it was really funny, and, like, I played it at launch. I was like, oh, cool, this is, like, really funny. This is, whatever, it's content, right? And I'm also streaming it, so I'm like, yeah, whatever, like, let's play it up. 
But obviously with something that they are touting as being such a huge project and being really ambitious and also having multiple delays, I think it, it needs to be pretty polished. I think a few bugs here and there is going to be fine. Um, like Fallout 4, I didn't have any like real game-breaking bugs, like nothing that kept me from progressing, nothing that kept me from saving. So if it's like funny, like little things like that, I think that's fine. But obviously, if it's going to be major game-breaking things, it's going to be a huge deal, especially after all the delays. I think too, to, to everyone's point, like we look at what happened with Cyberpunk, right? I think that's mm -hmm. the game that everyone looks to as like a massive, highly anticipated open world, like new adventure from a studio a lot of people really love. And then it launched so broken on certain platforms. And obviously, I think the industry as a whole has noted the response to it and they've noted that you can't put out a game like that and obviously it's not these like you know the people who are actually doing all the code who said yeah that's fine like I, it's the people who are saying at top who's like we got to get this game out it's like no don't put it out yet so i think this is, could also be a little bit of a reaction to that as well good point of that you know yeah People just have less of a tolerance for bugs. And I think that's absolutely fair. You don't go buy a bookshelf and say, well, it's leaning. It still <laughs> looks nice and it can hold my books, but, you know, it's leaning. And like, that's a problem, right? Um, and, and, and you can't, I, I guess it's like weird thinking about <laughs> games as a product like that. <laughs> exactly. Like all these great, thank you, Red. Um, all these like great bugs and sure things are going to happen. Games are very technical. Games are very complex, but they need to mostly work. And yes, uh, I think Stella, you said it really well too, that like the jink is kind of charming in some ways when it's cute, but when it's not cute, it's really obnoxious, especially if you're just trying yeah. to accomplish something in this game and just get through it and you can't because of some bug. But I love that you brought up cyberpunk because I think you hit on a great point that, that, that developers have never voluntarily shipped a, a buggy game. Yeah. It's, it comes from upstairs and, you know, pressure from quarterly incomes, you know, shareholder statement, you know, all that stuff, uh, the, the, the higher up business side of things. And cyberpunk does seem to be the, uh, the way it, it, it did seem to be the wake up call that, that actually reached the eyes and ears of those people at the very, very top that make the decisions of, whether or not to just ship something or to to bump it out to a different fiscal quarter. Mm. So, yeah, in a sense, Cyberpunk kind of in the in this weird roundabout way, may history may look back on it as doing the industry as a whole a favor. I mean, honestly, you can look at other games that have launched with unfavorable business practices and say like, yeah, that was a very big mistake for that company to release a game in this way and it had massive negative effects for them and as a result the, i think the games industry as a whole has grown and the like the business leaders have said oh we can't do that it's like yeah you can't and so i think it's that hard you have to they're just keep testing the boundaries of what is or is not acceptable and i think us as consumers can very loudly say that is not acceptable <laughs> so uh, the, the, the last piece of this before we, we get back to our, our headline topic, which I think is going to be a fun one today. Uh, and I, I it, it's the fall. So we've been, we've talked on this show a lot about how we have no idea what the fall looks like for Xbox. Uh, we, we had all these expectations for the first half of the year. We are getting Redfall. We are getting, we got Hi-Fi Rush, so that's two kick-ass, well, hopefully Red, Redfall is going to kick ass, uh, but two big games, let's say. My, you know, Mine, Minecraft Legends uh, will be more of a kind of, you know, mass appeal game. Hopefully it's going to be good. Uh, that's in April. That's coming up in about a month. But the, a couple of the big ones, you know, the, the big AAA heavyweights that were supposed to be in that first half of the year group have kicked out. Starfield and... Forza Motorsport. Now, officially, I have to tell you, because I know Phil Spencer is listening at the dog park, <laughs> Forza Motorsport has, is not officially in the second half of the year yet. It was in the developer direct. They didn't say, they just didn't say anything about the release date, but come on, we're going to, we're reading the writing on the wall at this point. It's, it would have gotten a release date at the developer direct if it was coming out in the first half of this year. So 
I, I think there is a good chance that the fall that we now have a good idea of what fall looks like for Microsoft from a first from, from an ex, a major exclusives perspective that's largely first party. So here's how I'm seeing the fall. Uh, and I want to see if either of you have another big game that could be in there that that I'm missing or that you just you think is going to be in there or if you might disagree on on what I'm about to say. So. Definitely, we got so we got Starfield kicking off Microsoft's fall in September. I think it, the odds are very good that Forza Motorsport, of course, the next gen only reboot of the excellent simulation racing series. I think that's going to land in October. Hmm. And this this last one's a little bit more of a wild card, just because we haven't we've barely heard from it in a long time. Uh, the last we heard from it right at the end of the year, uh, the the folks at at the development team reached out to me and we had a nice little exclusive gameplay video uh, on literally like December 29th. And I'm talking about Stalker 2, which don't forget, that's an Xbox exclusive. That's a AAA game. It's a follow-up to a, a an excellent and highly successful game. Stalker 2 is going to be a big deal when it comes out. That's going to be a big exclusive for Xbox. And I think there's a good chance that that ends up landing in November. Again, could that one bump to 2024? It absolutely could. A, again, because we've barely heard from them, uh, from the developers in a while. Uh, and also, again, we know the the uh, the unfortunate, insane circumstances that that game is being developed under, where they are, they are busy fighting off uh, literal invaders in their country uh, while, they, while they are trying to finish this video game they've been working on for so long so you know anything can happen that 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 uh they might push to next year we don't know but but i do think uh to to bring my long-winded spiel here to a close i, I think we could be looking at a a real nice back to back to back september october november of starfield forza and stalker 2 uh miranda is it you like that am i you think anything else could get in there maybe the in place of one of those or in addition to one of those I don't think we're going to get any surprise announcements for games. I think a lot of the bigger games that Microsoft has right now are still a ways out. So, or like a ways as in at least next year. Yeah. So for instance, like I think Gears is probably going to be next year and whatever else they have. Um, I think if anything, they might try to like really play up on, since it's getting around the Halo anniversary again, um, they might try to play up something with Halo. I mean, obviously that's something they they need to work on. We just got a new season launched right now, like a lot of events and stuff. So that's good. Um, but I think as far as that schedule looks of having Starfield followed by Forza, followed by Stalker, that would be awesome. I guess I'm a little pessimistic in thinking that Stalker 2 would probably be next year at the earliest, just given how long things have gone on yeah. and such. And yeah. so I think I can't even imagine how challenging that would be. So I think that's probably where I'm seeing it. So I would say it would probably just be Starfield and Forza. You, you don't maybe, uh, what about? What about a Hellblade 2 plugging into that November spot? I think if it were... Mm, like to launch or like yeah, an like announcement? It, out, no, out in November. I mean, we've seen it a couple times already because that was the other one that I was considering when I was writing up my notes here. I was like, uh -huh. but but then Stalker 2 popped back into my head and like, well, yeah. they, 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 Stalker 2 was aiming for last year. Right. And right. again, just... Noting the incredible circumstances that that development team is is facing, but okay, you know, an entire year delay. Hopefully, they make it out fall twenty twenty three. If they don't, nobody's going to be upset in the slightest. We're all going to be no, extremely sure. supportive. But but yeah, Hellblade two was the other one that I thought. Well, maybe that maybe that could be in that fall. I don't window. know what it is about it, but I just feel so pessimistic that it's soon. I feel like. Hellblade, for some reason, because we haven't gotten any sort of time frame by this point, and uh, granted, last E3 was for that very specific year window. Like, they didn't want to go beyond that. Right. Um, I think because we haven't heard about it, I feel like it's not going to be till like, next year. Last time we saw it was... Shoot. Has it been since the Game Awards... I think so. Last, not this most recent not, not one, the one before. So yes. a year and four months ago, yeah, a year and a third ago, was that the last time we saw Hellblade? Yeah, and, and the reason that I feel like it's 
important for us to give a lot of these release dates so much more time, I think is because we've, we're getting a lot of new tech for people to work with. Obviously, we, we've heard it a bajillion times. We've said it a million more times too. Pandemic has created so many challenges with development. Like It's interesting. I think I've been just listening to more interviews and other things too about like how folks had basically zero work from home in place. Like they had to completely redo their entire systems to see how they could like deliver content to each other. And so I don't think it's unfair to like look at that and think about how much development really, really did slow down. Yeah. And so I think where some games we would expect them to be out by now, and we've obviously seen that many, many times at this point, um, it's probably all a bit longer because even with people going back to the office like us, uh, there's still a lot of hybrid situations and still other challenges that are present. Um, so I think for some reason, yeah, my gut okay. says that this is going to be next year. And I, I mean, I, I think that's, you know, you, you say that and I'm just kind of, I'm now I'm like adding on to, <laughs> but I, I, I think Ninja Theory is a relatively small team. Like, I don't think they're like a yeah. you know, 300 person outfit, like 343 or or, or, you know, the coalition. But in any case, uh, and but we were correct, by the way, I just wanted to double check. December 9th, 2021. So the not the most recent Game Awards, but the one before mm-hmm. was the last time we saw that six minute uh, gameplay presentation. So as of 2020, Wikipedia says they have 120 employees. Okay, oh, wow. and, but they and they have multiple projects though, yes. so they're not, they're not necessarily now. Most of them are probably on Hellblade too, mm-hmm. uh, and they've got a couple. But yeah, it's that's by by sort of modern AAA standards, that is a fairly small team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stella, you've been very patient. Your thoughts <laughs> on what the Xbox's fall lineup could look like? I was so. I mean, we're, we're going to talk about this in in our second segment but i was i was literally looking at um, what they had previously listed and i was like i don't know like i mean they're no major games aside from the ones that you've mentioned i I was looking and i'm like i mean maybe um i know we were kind of interested in oh my god what was it oh i literally just had it it's gone um i know we were interested in flintlock uh, there was also a oh, replaced, but I don't think that's going to be anything oh, like yeah. major. Yeah, right? I mean, it's yeah. a smaller, you know, indie yeah. kind of down, you know, downloadable title, which it looks yeah. great. Can't wait for it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I, I was thinking and then I saw Stalker, too. And I was like, wait, yeah, maybe Stalker, too. We I mean, I know that they've talked about how things have been delayed, obviously, with lots of issues. Um, and I'm like, I mean, potentially they could. We've seen some stuff, but like, I don't know. I, I feel like. I feel like 20, oh my God, 2023. Sorry, I just had a brain melt. I forgot it's 2023. Um, yeah, I feel like 2023 is already kind of written with like the major games. So I don't know. I feel, I feel like as much as I want Stalker 2 this year, because like the more I see of it, the more I want it. Yeah. Um, and I actually did see uh, a few of the Stalker 2 devs at DICE. So that, oh, was, good. that was a good, you know, yeah, Glad it was they awesome. Were there. It was very nice. Yeah, I, I was very happy to see them there. Um, glad that they were able to attend. Um, so it, it just made me more excited for it. So I feel like I personally would love Starcraft 2 this year, later this year, but I feel like it's going to be 2024. So, so you th- what do you think the fall looks like then? Uh, do you, so you, you figure, do you, you think in just Forza and Starfield then? or I think so, yeah. Aside from like the other smaller titles that they did list i feel like it's going to be starfield and forza which like yeah. for me i'm not really into you know um driving sims so for me it'll all be just be starfield but yeah, yeah. well uh just to give everybody an idea of stalker 2 the despite the fact that the developers understandably have been pretty quiet for a while that new gameplay trailer that i mentioned that we had on ign at the literal end of december the literal end of the year 2.6 million views on ign's youtube channel so the interest remains extremely high for that game um i think there's probably a good chance we see it at the e3 showcase at xbox's or summer showcase if they don't actually call it e3 showcase but um uh, that seems highly likely that we'll get a new a new gameplay demo of it and hopefully a release date and hopefully that release date will be this year and we'll see what happens but um glad to have uh, a a concrete release date for Starfield very selfishly Miranda I'm so <laughs> glad I don't have to have my own what would have been my own personal Video game Sophie's cho- choice scenario, having to choose between Diablo 4 and Starfield, because that's like, those are my 
two games that I'm most looking forward to this year, and it, nothing else is even remotely close. Not that there are, there's tons of other great games this year. Um, I mean, Jedi Survivor and, you know, uh, Stella just mentioned Replaced and Spider-Man 2 is going to be awesome. But for me, it's it, start, it starts and ends with Starfield and Diablo 4. So I'm glad I'm glad those two will have some space between them. So look for me in hell uh, from, from, <laughs> from June until oh. until September. And then from September onwards, I'll be out of hell and up into space. Did you see the wolf puppy? Yes, this, the 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 okay. character yeah, outfit so, that you can get if you if you play in the beta. So if you play in the beta, and I believe you get your character to level twenty, which is the upcoming beta. Yeah, happening. which is the I think that's the cap in the and, in the beta, the level yeah, cap in the beta. You get this incredible sleeping wolf pup cosmetic, and it's just like oh. in this little knapsack on your back. Yeah, it's just. Stress. <gasps> I honestly, I saw it. I gasped. Which is a big deal for me because it's like I have an actual physical reaction to this, and and I said, well, I guess I'm gonna go play Diablo later this month. <laughs> yeah, it's it starts it's this weekend. Is it this week or is it next is weekend? It really? Wait, hold on. Now no, I got to no, double no, check no, myself. Next weekend. Next weekend. Thank. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh All my right, god. Next weekend. <laughs> next god. weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry. I'm I'm jumping the gun. You're right. March 17th, not March 10th. Yes. One more week to go. Okay. Early access. Bit, uh, yeah. Yeah. Beta. For the early access. Yeah. yeah if you pre-order. So yeah. uh, and then the weekend after is the open beta for anybody to jump on in. So do it. Yeah. All right. Uh, we are deep into the show. This is good. We had those uh, good first couple first segment there. Let's get to what we what we promised you in our headline this week. And, and that is this three. I just. Wanted to have a little fun. The, the the rest of the news was actually pretty slow this week. So I was like, well, what what would be fun? What could we kind of have a fun discussion about? And I thought, well, all right. Give me, have everybody, give me three moves that you think Xbox should make this year. I'll go first, and then we'll just go around round robin style as we like to do here. So the first move I think Microsoft should make is signing... Sefton Hill and Jamie Walker, the co-founders of Rocksteady, who left Rocksteady at the end of last year, sign them up. Whether it's as an in, you know as a wholly owned part of Xbox Studios or just an exclusive publishing deal, lock those guys down because they clearly have the talent to to put together an incredible team that can make that can make incredible games. Now, sure, that would mean. Signing them now, since they only just became free agents, means you're not going to have a game for five years or so. But that's okay. I think those two are worth betting on. Microsoft's in in the video game space for the long haul. You know, sure, we we probably wouldn't see their game until the Xbox Series Y, but that's okay. Uh, I think if you you get talent like that on board, when when talent like that hits the market, you got to pounce. You you got to jump on it. So. That is that is move number one that I think. Now we probably wouldn't hear about it if they do. <laughs> then it'll probably just be. For all we know, there could be. They could have already signed with Microsoft or somebody else, and it'll just get announced sometime down the road. But that's uh, that's my first one. That's a move I'd like to see them make. Stella, let me go your way for your first yeah. first pick here. First move you think Xbox should make this year? Yeah. Uh, so I changed this one the last minute, but because um, I was looking at the calendar and I want them to rework their release calendar that they had up originally when we did that big summer of gaming. Was it last year? I don't know. I, I don't remember. Um, yeah, I, I think it was last year, actually, when they did that huge calendar um, when they showed 2022 and then 2023 coming to Xbox slash PC over the next 12 months. I mean, obviously things have gotten shifted around and um, I, I want them to make another one for 2023 and 2024, see what is coming for the next year because we kind of, like we discussed before, we kind of know what's coming for this year. And a lot of these games that I do see up here have released or have release dates now. Um, yeah, like I, I just want them to redo that because it was really nice to be able to look at that calendar and kind of anticipate what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and it was it was just really nice to see a visual like list and block of each year, which was really interesting. Um, and they, they even like specified which one's coming to Game Pass. Like, uh, Wolong came to Game Pass. Um, Soccer Two will be on Game Pass, mm -hmm. which is still listed for 2023, but I don't know if that's still a thing. So again, I want an updated visual of that. Love it. Yeah. Super useful tool. Uh, good, 
good snapshot of what you get if you're an Xbox owner, what you have to look forward to. Miranda, I cheated and looked at your first one. I read your notes <laughs> and it makes me very happy. So please. Yeah, I'll keep with mine because my second one actually pairs really well with Stella's, but I'll go back to my first one, um, which is Summer of Arcade. Um, obviously, I think it's easy for us to keep bringing this back up, but one of the reasons I especially want to bring it back up is because when there is a perception of few game releases or especially limited access to games on Xbox, um, summertime is a time where we're looking for new things to play, even though the summer will be pretty busy. Um, summer I'll be playing Diablo. See ya. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, summer of Arcade, I think, was just really special in a spot for discovery. And I have I know we talk a lot about like, well, they should be doing this. They should be doing that. I've spent a lot of time intentionally just sitting down with my Xbox and the Xbox app on PC to see like what sort of discovery tools they have. Like, how are they showcasing all of the Game Pass games they have? Um, IDEA Xbox is obviously a huge thing for them. And I feel like they do a decent job on like social and other places to explain what a game is. Yeah. But it's really hard to find out like why I should care or like what, why I would like this game if it's related to Halo Infinite. And it's like, yeah, you'd like Gears. I'm like, okay, yeah, tell me something I don't know. But there's like, I think a lot of less than cool innovative tools that are like that. And I think the the thing about Summer of Arcade is it is very much a hand-picked, we're featuring these... Curated. Games. Exactly. And it's something that they get behind and champion in a very specific way. Um, so I wrote down, there's this other podcast that I listen to and I'd recommend. It's called My Perfect Console with Simon Parkin. Um, and he talked to Phil Fish, surprisingly, which... How... how they, yeah, it was like a new interview with Phil Fish. <laughs> um, and there's a good discussion about how... You know, some of Arcade really was an exciting thing for developers as well, because it's like their chance to get a really cool yeah. spotlight. I, I remember I, I've, I've definitely in my career back in, in those days talked to developers who they'd get super stoked if they got chosen for mm -hmm. that. Yeah, no. Yeah. And I think that just makes a lot of sense. And I have fond memories of picking up games from some of our arcades. Oh, we're looking at footage of Brothers, oh. A Tale of Two Sons. Oh. What a fantastic game. Joseph Ferris's debut video game. And look what that guy's gone on to do with yeah. his with his team is uh, just make winner after winner. I love this game. And, and here's the thing too, right? Like there's obviously indie games coming out every, like just all the time, all the time. There's so many games. And the thing is, I think the folks like us at the, obviously at this table virtually and not, and also everyone listening right now, hello, um, we're all, I think, a little bit more in tune with what's happening in the games industry. We're in tune with what the cool releases are. Like your TikTok, if you're on, is probably filled with recommendations. Like you have people floating game recommendations to you. But I think for a lot of folks who aren't in tune with that, they really do need the help of like finding like, why do I care about this? Like it's not from this AAA developer that yep. I know is going to give me the most bang for my buck but it's like oh this is a 20 dollar game but it's like something that's really really cool and actually yeah i think i'd like that i think some of arcade really does that and as much as we can showcase things you know as ign or other media or other independent people out there doing coverage i think it coming from somewhere like xbox official saying this is why you should care about this really cool kick-ass who, who can put it right on the dashboard that you exactly. can't not see when you turn on the console yes we don't have that capability no <laughs> um, but so it's like not only we that, should though that would be nice we should phil just i'll carry your your game pass stuff for, for you just let me know <laughs> but um, i think that's the thing right is you just want to have that celebration. And I think it makes these releases a lot of exciting and it's a lot of exciting opportunities too, because you can do cool things with game pass. And obviously they have the rewards program for like signing in and doing yeah. all these things. And there's a lot of systems they have now that could really integrate well with this. And I know you guys are probably tired of hearing us say summer of arcade, please. But that would be the one thing <laughs> I'm like, if you're this year, why not? Why I not? couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I love your, your, uh, analogy about uh what, what was it about uh, that you were when we mentioned curation that you were saying what did you compare it to oh because it was like i played halo infinite so you should play gears or no for some of arcade when uh anyway i it, it made me think of uh sorry i just have short-term memory loss apparently <laughs> no yeah uh, i was listening to you i, I promise <laughs> but no I, I never said anything about that <laughs> no it's it's like <laughs> ID at Xbox is a museum mm -hmm. where, but well, I get where, where there's just everything's in there, and it's there's no like museums should need to be curated, mm -hmm. 
yeah. Because it can't just be like, here's everything. <laughs> we need, you have to, like, the job of the, of the presenter, in this case, Microsoft and ID at Xbox, needs to, needs to tell people that visit. There's a story. Yes. What, we're going to show you this and the, make sure to see this and this. And so, yeah, I, I just couldn't agree with you more on that. This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D V P N dot com slash U N L O C K D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Why don't, why don't you uh, take the next one here, just circle around to your second one, since you mentioned it tied into Stella's first one, and then I'll go, go to her for round two. Yeah, so the second one for me was more about a statement of their first party release expectations. So this isn't necessarily a calendar with specific release dates, but I think just like sort of a studio check and it's like, how are things going? And this is, of course, could be something that they do at E3 or just some sort of candid release about their expectations for the system as a whole. Like, what are they working toward? What are their biggest exciting projects that they want to talk about. And that's hard, right? Because if you're developing something, you don't want to talk about it too early. But I think Microsoft has generally done a really good job with innovating on their tools, accessibility, trying new things. Like I, I think if you're like, they don't do anything, it's like, check out Xbox Wire. Like, just look at it. Like there's just so many updates for um, early access programs and other things as well. And I was looking at it and it's kind of funny because there's this everything you need to know about Xbox Series X and the future of Xbox dot, dot, dot so far. Xbox Wire post from uh, Jason Ronald, which is, you know, director of program. We know him, yeah, friend of the know, show. We know him, director of program <laughs> management for Xbox Series X. And one of the first lines is like, keep this post bookmarked. We'll be update here. <laughs> I hate I hate to put people on the spot, but oh, it says, well, yeah, we'll it's fair. You're... As we make more announcements over time, the last update was when it was posted on June 10th, 2020. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's. Don't don't tell me to bookmark it if there's nothing. Oh, I that is that. yeah, that's fair. Um, that's but, fair. If uh, shout out to our friend Joe Scrabbles, time to get on that. Joe Joe works on the Xbox. I know. It's like, hey Joe. <laughs> hey Joe. Did you know this is here? You probably didn't. But just probably like, didn't. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not. It's not really like a huge thing. But I think having this sort of inter like timeline that they're showing to us can just be really helpful so that we have an understanding of like what they want to do next and where. Yeah. I always think it's it's helpful to know 
what priorities are because then it's we're investing in this product, right? Mm-hmm. And now we know where our money's going and where it will go in the future. And I think that can be really helpful for consumers, especially because, you know, release dates are great and we want to know how things generally are feeling. But at the same time, I want to know what's happening on the product side as well. And I think they do a generally good job, but like a big roundup would be ideal. I like that a lot. Yeah, I like that a lot. Stella, round two, you're up. Yeah, actually, the the Xbox Xbox Wire thing was is my first one too originally, but then I changed it. <laughs> um, so yeah, this one's a little bit less like it's it's a little bit more of a niche audience, I guess. Um, not really our casual audience, but still, um, I want them to do a better job of supporting it, its esports. Like obviously, Gears went offline, um, but. Halo Infinite was the new um, standout esports, and it's been dwindling. I mean, like four major teams left. The latest one to leave was Cloud9, and Cloud9 has been in the space for a while, and they were like the first like partner team. Wow. So three official partner team, like Space Station Gaming, uh, Fnatic, and also E-United, and now C9 have left. And if you remember, they, they had like their official skins in the game and everything too. So they were like partner teams and they've left because there's not much support being given to not only the esports scene, but also the multiplayer, which obviously they dropped season three. Mm-hmm. They say that the long drought is over and players are still kind of waiting. Um, but yeah, a lot of people have kind of jumped ship from the esports, which used to be huge for Halo. And I, I remember specifically people like fondly remembering how, you know, they used to play Halo 5 and like you know, get into tournaments and that kind of made their names and made their lives what they were. And so seeing this, it's it's a little disappointing because I, I feel like even with major tournaments, I haven't seen a lot of support for like official HCS stuff and I haven't seen a lot of advertisement. So it, it's, it's a little disappointing and I, I want to see something brought back for this. Watching, if you're with us on video right now, we're watching footage. We're watching the tra- the season three trailer. Uh, this is making me want to play Halo multiplayer again. <laughs> hey, I, these maps look great. Uh, yeah, this I looks really good. Somewhat regularly now since like December, so just come play. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. Um, thank you, Stella. Yeah, all right. My my second thing that second move I think Xbox should make this year is announcing and implementing native Steam Deck support. Thank you for the applause. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. The support, like, supportive yeah. applause, yeah. Uh, yes. Here's the thing. Not, not only do I have a Steam Deck and love it, and I selfishly personally want this, but the reality is if Xbox is serious, and they have shown they are serious, they have, they have, walked, the, they have walked the walk in addition to talking the talk, but, you know, they talk and say they, that they want to meet gamers where they're at. Like, hey, we want to come to players on whatever platform they're at, whether that's a phone, whether that's a console, whether that's a PC. So they need to uh, go have them get, get together and oh, go over to Bellevue where Valve is. It's not far from Redmond. They're very close to each other. They're both suburbs of Seattle. Get together, make this thing happen, turn the Steam Deck into a handheld Xbox, the X-Boy that we never got. It, it's seriously, it's like if it becomes that, it, the moment that there is a native, that there is native Game Pass support, you very suddenly have a handheld Xbox in, in a very real and, and amazing way. Now, of course, I know there's a technical, there's a technical challenge to this in addition to whatever potential political roadblocks there may be whether microsoft has has non-technical reasons they they might not want to do this i don't know i mean all i know is they haven't done it so there is there is some reason why this hasn't happened is it a political one i hope not is it a technical one seemingly on some level because uh steam deck runs on proton which is a linux-based operating system and obviously game pass runs on windows so uh you know i am not a smart enough person to know uh if that is an insurmountable hurdle but uh, i don't i'm guessing it's not i'm guessing that there something could be done uh if microsoft really wanted it to happen and and i have to imagine valve would be open to it because guess what that's just going to get more people to a buy a steam deck but b it's going to get more people into valve's ecosystem too because you know you Sure, you'd have a native Game Pass app, but guess what? You'd also have Steam right in front of your face, too, to go buy games and play other games on that aren't on Game Pass. So seemingly uh, 
mutually beneficial and definitely beneficial to us, the gamers and Game Pass subscribers. So I really, really want to see this. Uh, Steam Deck's been out for long enough now where it's time. It's like, it's are we, are we doing this? Let's go. Yes, that's, please. Yeah. <laughs> and all right. Well, okay. That's the end of round two. We got one more round. Let's do it. Again, so we have a total of nine moves that we think Xbox should make, three from each of us. Uh, we'll just, in the spirit of round robin, I'll give my third one and then pass the baton back to Miranda and Stella. Uh, my third one is this, do something really unique, and that is bring back one versus 100. Now, if there's a licensing issue with that show, because I do know Microsoft doesn't own one versus 100, somebody does then do some other live event game show type of thing, whether that's price, the price is right. I always thought the price is right. After one versus 100 and how amazingly fun that was, I was like, what other, what else could work? Oh yeah, the price is right could be really cool because you could have a studio audience. Hmm. You could have contestants row of people getting called down. They could bid on, you, you could make all the products about, uh, like it, it's like, household grocery kind of stuff that's that's you're usually bidding on in uh in well groceries are like just home entertainment kind of things like how just you know household stuff that you're bidding on in, in price right you could make it you could have it be game related somehow like uh yeah what's the you know closest to go without going over this backbone controller what's you know and you just go down and see who gets closest to it and then the games the actual like you know plinko cliffhanger all those those famous uh prices right games you could have you could make them into you know little little mini games little video game mini games but anyway i'm getting into the weeds point is those one versus 100 as a live event that you had to tune in and be there in the moment and you're with there with everybody there was just nothing I'd ever experienced like that in video games in my entire life. And I'm not sure there's ever been anything like that. I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's just me. I think that's, that's the industry. Um, you know, you, you join in and hope that you got picked to either be the one or be in the, the ma the, the 100. Uh, I got to be in the 100 once and I ended up winning wow. and they had real prizes. Uh, oh, I forget, wow. I forget what the one could win if they went, if they, you know, went all the way. But I, I was in the 100 at one point, uh, and, and, and I won a dollar. I won 80, 80 <laughs> Microsoft points back, back when Microsoft points were a thing. Uh -huh. uh, and you had to do the convert. Like, what? How many? It's 80 Microsoft points to a dollar. I don't know who the heck decided that. That mm. was weird. But, but yeah, like you actually would win stuff. You'd win real things. And it was just such an – I mean, talk to anybody that ever – that ever got to experience one versus 100 and they'll tell you the same thing. So uh, I would love to see this because you put it on Game Pass that didn't exist back in the one versus 100 days. And that would basically guarantee you plenty of tune-in. You know, you'd be reaching a very large audience. What what did we say? What's, uh, or what did Microsoft say Game Pass is? 25 million subscribers? Was that the last number? Mm. Something like that. Okay, point, point being tens of millions of people uh, are are in that group, so you know you you get plenty of people tuning in live. A great way to engage the Xbox community and do so in, on any platform Xbox is. You could you could join into that from your phone. You could join into that from the PC, from the console. It wouldn't matter. So uh, resurrect this beloved thing, if not the literal one versus one hundred. The concept, Microsoft, do it, please. <laughs> Uh, Stella, you are up next with your third yeah, and what, final move. Well, so what if what if they brought that up, but then the prize was that you get Game Pass free for a month? Exactly. Kind of cool. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. You know, absolutely. That you know, fifteen dollar value. That'd be that'd be fantastic. Yeah, kind of like when you buy a battle pass and you earn back all your stuff. Like <laughs> that'd be fun. Totally. Um. Yeah. Speaking of Game Pass, my last one was just like more subscription deals for Game Pass, and like I didn't even realize like that one time that they did, they were like, "Hey, yeah, Crunchyroll is attached." By the way, so stuff like that would be really cool. Um, because I feel like you know there are so many different subscription deals now, so maybe even like a discount on something. I know that we get discounts on games, but like I feel like Game Pass is going to become so much bigger, and like they've been adding more things, and I would really like them to partner with other subscriptions because then like with them having Crunchyroll, it's like 
what if they partner with like Netflix or something like get a month free or something like that it's like what if we could get like a black mirror game like an actual black mirror game as opposed to that one where you like you could choose it was like a choose your own adventure book but through yeah, a movie through, through that was show, really yeah. cool yeah but I was just like oh that would be really cool if it worked like a life is strange game or if it was like a telltale game that'd be really cool or um since we brought up scrunchy scrunchy <laughs> crunchy roll um like anime specific rpgs which we've been talking about how you know we could use more jrpgs on the game pass so i mean it'd be really cool but that that's i feel like that's not like a this year sort of thing but you know <laughs> i love it good stuff miranda you get the final move xbox should make in 2023 this is very personal. Yeah, right into camera three, right over there. <laughs> you guys, I would very much like Genshin Impact on my Xbox. That's all. Just kidding. That's not actually all. <laughs> but it, that, that is a big point. I think um, we had the report from last year from Reuters. It's like reportedly that Microsoft passed on getting Genshin Impact as a console exclusive. We know Genshin is coming to Steam. It's I mean, it's not Steam. It's coming to Switch, the other S1, eventually, someday. It's obviously on PlayStation. It's on all mobile devices. It's everywhere. And the reason I touch on this is because I think it showcases something that Xbox is missing, which is like some massive community like not driven but very community focused ongoing game and i think they've made some efforts into doing that but hoyoverse the developers of genshin impact have two other big games coming so they have one called honkai star rail which is supposed to come out later this year and they have a zenless zone zero which is going to come out someday and it's very persona-esque it's like very cool and I think these would just be such big things to have on Xbox since, I mean, people spend a lot of money in it, speaking from my own experience. Um, <laughs> and so I think them missing that is just sort of shows how Xbox is behind some ways in these service games. Like the fact that we don't have, you know, Final Fantasy 15 and other things too. Um, what Xbox has done though, is they've gotten, you know, Black Desert and Naraka Blade Point. Naraka is like more of a battle royale type though. Um, it, but those just aren't at the same heights as these other big games that Sony has secured. And that's something that I'd really like to see them working toward is making sure that they are getting these massive games that exist for a very long time. Like I know when Genshin was first developed, they're like, yeah, we have like a 10 year plan Wow. and there's no way it's 10 years. It's gotta be more like it, that. How many years in are we? Uh, two, two. Three, okay. Two, three, two. Okay. And it's the game's huge. I mean, it's yeah, it's huge. Like I've spent. I, I don't know. It's just so much time in this game. And, and it's the thing that makes it special for context for people who don't know Genshin Impact, um, it's very Breath of the Wild-esque looking, but it's just got so much of its own identity. It's very big on like team comps, building things, but its stories are huge. It has constant events. Like it's ridiculous. Every six weeks, there's a new event. Like their team, their development team is huge. And so there's just so much support and what they offer for free is like not... It's like nothing to scoff at. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Every content drop, it's all free. And the only thing you pay for is for like gambling for characters. Um, but I just don't see anything like that for Xbox from third party. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important to note because obviously we have Sea of Thieves. We have other things that have like run in with your friends, go have an adventure. We have Grounded. But that's very different from something like Genshin. Yeah. And I think they need some of that more build your character big optimizing rpg boss battles gather your friends but also have a solo experience like you need that on xbox and i think you need to be able to have it play nice with these other systems and again one of the strengths i see in genshin is that you can play it on my ps5 but then i can just shut it down and go play on my phone and then i go on a trip so i put on my ipad but then i want to play on my pc so i just go play on my pc and it's all my account it's all everywhere that's cool it's so how it should be yeah, and so the fact that Xbox is missing from that ecosystem, I think, is such a big miss. And I really do hope that this is, again, something within the year, which is really hard. Um, and I think that's something I would want to see happen because this is a known quantity. It's already out. It'd be really cool to see them saying, hey, yeah, we're going to partner with Hoyoverse and we're going to make sure there are other games coming up are on our system. Good stuff. There you go, Phil Spencer. Nine things. <laughs> do them. Check them off one by one and uh, let us know when, as each one happens so that we can check it off our list we're going to keep a list here as well we're going to keep them on a whiteboard like okay. right over there maybe and we'll just we have a big whiteboard <laughs> we do yeah it's probably doesn't get used that much no. we'll just we'll just take it over and put these nine things on it uh there you go so real quick 
we're, we're out of time already. This was uh, that ended up being an awesome discussion with those those uh, those uh, moves we think they should make. Let's do a trivia question. Ooh. Both of you get a chance to put Destin in the rearview mirror here. Just saying, pressure's on. <laughs> it's this golden opportunity. Uh, great question here from Levi Van Time. His gamer tag is Boss Dutch. He let me know he's an old KOXM listener of mine, back at my OXM podcast from way back in the day. And he recently found his way back to listening to Xbox podcasts and found unlocked so levi welcome back good to good to have you back uh, on board and he asks this very good trivia question which famous jingle did halo composer marty o'donnell write before he was hired by bungie so this is going back a ways but uh i promise you one of these is real did did uh, marty write coca-cola's teach the world to sing jingle did he write the Flintstone Vitamins 10 Million Strong and Growing jingle. Did he write the Oscar Mayer, I Wish I Were an Oscar Mayer Wiener? Somebody <laughs> wrote it. Maybe it was him. Uh, somebody made a lot of damn money off that jingle too, I'm oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, or did he write the Meow Mix cat food jingle? Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> everybody, everybody knows these. I don't even have a cat. I'm allergic to cats. Oh my um, god! So he wrote. Uh, he wrote one of those four. That's so weird. So I, I, I do know. know this. I know Marty very well. He's a friend of mine. I've, uh, yeah. You know, uh, I, I want to go to Stella here to see. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, oh yes, because I, I, a man, because uh, over here, Miranda, you, you seem to have a no. I thought. I no okay, <laughs> I thought you knew, but I, I'm going to Stella first. I have no idea. Um, but all of these would be great. <laughs> like, um, oh my god, I don't know. Uh, the same person that wrote the Halo theme I will wrote say, one of these four. Go to find your favorite soundtrack. Look up the composer's name and see everything they've done because it's wild. <laughs> they do so many cool projects. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a nice little adventure, as we're seeing right now. Exactly, Stella. What do you say? I'm gonna go with the Wiener one because it's funny. All right, Oscar Mayer <laughs> Wiener. Sure. I have no idea. Uh, like, let me I... go. All right, let me pull up the scoring here. Everybody's still tied at one. Yeah, we haven't. Yeah, yeah. it's trivia. it's been a yeah. It's been, we we it's been did, a busy yeah. year. No. We, didn't, and we, yeah, we didn't do it last week because it was just you and I. And Let's all right, Miranda. Uh, we're going with Meow Mix. Meow. Okay, Meow Mix. I don't think it's that one, but I. I, I love cats. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the scoreboard will stay unchanged. Okay. Is it Flintstones? It is the Flintstone vitamin. Oh my god, single. that was my yes. okay. Man. Yeah. Okay. Ten million cats. strong and growing. <laughs> now, granted, I don't know if that's been on the air. Nobody watches TV anymore. So commercials know. are all just like between YouTube ads and so but anyway. Actually, you, I don't know the Flintstones one. Well, you're going to look now you'll look oh, it up yeah. after the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The Flintstones vitamins jingle. There you That's go. So good. Levi. Great stuff. You stump the panel. Good. Uh, and if anybody else out there wants to take a shot at stumping the panel as well, send in your trivia question. You can send it my way. The email address is unlocked at IGN.com. Include the question for multiple choice answers. Note the correct one in your email. And if you'd like to uh, don't forget your gamer tag, if you'd like me to read that to everybody as well, maybe you make some new friends, fellow listeners on uh, on Xbox Live. That'll do it for the palindromatic Unlocked 585. You can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. March's IGN First is underway. Our game this month is Remnant 2, the sequel to Remnant from the Ashes. We started with a class reveal, so to check out that video. There's plenty more to come over the course of March. And Stella, what are you up to? Uh, well, I guess a fun update, I won my second powerlifting competition, Yay! which is really cool. Congrats. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so aside from that, I am working on the finals preview for us. Um, they, it's a little bit delayed because we had the original like press preview last week, but then they came out immediately this week on Tuesday with like a closed beta that's really an open beta because anyone can get in. Um, so I have to pivot to that. Uh, so hopefully by like Thursday, Friday, um, trying to get that out. Sounds yeah, good. So I'm, yeah, I'm working on that. Um, yeah, and and oh, I started playing Wolong, and it is very good. I beat the first boss, which is apparently the biggest challenge, so I'm ready. I'm all in. <laughs> good stuff. 
Good stuff. Yeah, Woe Long is out. Got great reviews, including from IGN. So it's on Game Pass. Go get it. Miranda, take us home. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Havocgross, and that's Havoc with a K. And check out our Woe Long guide. Got one of those if you need some help with the boss. Got other guides too. Good stuff. Thank you to our super producer, Red, behind the video wall there in the control room behind us, making the show happen, making it seamless and smooth. Thanks to all of you for listening and or watching for Red, for Miranda, for Stella, and for a now snoozing, somehow she made her way over there, Zelina, the future service (laughs) dog. Uh, I'm Ryan. This was Unlocked 585. We'll see you next week. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.